there, I'm Kathy Cooper, and this is Loss and Found, where every loss matters, and through every loss, something can be found. Through each loss, you know, no matter if it's a bump, a crater, or somewhere in between, there is something to be found. I fully believe that, and this show really strives to help you find that something. And I might add, um, you know, recognizing all loss without a rating. That's what I really like to do. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, my loss is worse than your loss syndrome. We really have a tendency in our culture to compare anything and loss really isn't immune to that tendency. And so I really strive to accomplish each week, you know, to help folks recognize that whatever type of loss you have experienced, I really want you to feel validated in that loss and that what you're feeling is important no matter the circumstances. And I want to remind you over and over that the depth of attachment is what distinguishes between losses. It is not the type. That points to comparison, which is why we do that. But if we look at the depth of attachment, that points to why every loss matters. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I know that your time is really valuable, and I am very grateful that you give me an hour each week. Um, I always am amazed that folks, have, you know, take time to listen to what to what I have to say. If you are a new listener, welcome. I'm happy that you found us, and I trust that you will come back again next week. Remember, Anyone can listen through 1150kknw.com. The show's on Wednesdays at at 1 p.m. And the show is now obviously a a podcast, which you can download on 1150kknw and pretty much anywhere else that you download podcasts. It's, again, kind of weird to know that I'm so accessible. It's it's even more weird to believe how many people, um, you know, the downloads, uh, getting quite a bit of downloads for the show. and, And I'm really grateful for that. And I think it really speaks to how important the topic of loss is to people. You know, how much people really do want to know more about how to navigate their loss, how to talk about their loss, how to support someone through their loss. I I think really, to put it in a nutshell, I I believe I, I normalize loss. And, you know, that feels pretty good to people. So I would love to know what you think. You know, drop me a line and, and let me know why why you listen and what you find in the show. I, I would really love to hear that. My email is lossandfound at gmail.com, lossandfound at gmail.com. And I really thank you for sharing the word about the show, and I do encourage you to continue to do so. We grow because of you all out there, and I do not take that lightly. I hope you enjoyed last week's Encore presentation. I, I have to tell you, folks, <laughs> there is a bonus of doing independent radio, if you will. For, for those of you who don't know, um, we at KKNW, we pay for our airtime, which kind of has its pros and cons, right? And one pro is being able to choose to um, record or do an encore. And last week, my life circumstances were such that I was not able to get into the studio. So... Um, it was kind of nice that I was able to do uh, to, to do a replay. I think sometimes, you know, I know I get new listeners each week, and so doing that is is okay every once in a while. So I, the show was called Grief in the Looking Glass, and for those of you who missed it, although I can't imagine that you would not have me on your calendar, but in case you did miss it, um, I really spoke about what we show the world versus what is inside of us when we're grieving and how 
what is inside of us can be a reflection of who we are and really a roadmap to where we want to be. If you couldn't listen, be sure to to download it. I I think you're going to find it really interesting. All right. So let's get to the show today. Um, Let me ask you a question. What is your view of a person uh, who takes their life? How do you feel about suicide? Is it a moral issue? Is it a, a sin to you and the person has gone to hell? Is it an act where maybe God displays mercy towards the person instead of wrath? Do you look at it as a character flaw or a character issue? You know, they were weak and they just took the easy way out instead of facing their demons, if you will. Or maybe you're making a judgment such as, you know, was their life really that bad? Was there no other option? Uh, Maybe saying things such as, you know, other people feel the same way and they don't kill themselves. There's always another way to go. And then when it comes to family and friends, what's your interaction with them? Do you avoid them not knowing what to say? Do you ask questions about how it happened and your curiosity is is part of that? You know, do you want to know, did they leave a note? Who found them? You know, why did they do it? All of those details versus focusing on what the family might be going through. Suicide is such a difficult loss to experience. You know, so many unanswered questions for those who are left behind. So many emotions, guilt and shame are huge emotions that are felt. You know, so difficult to share with people about what really happened. You know, so oftentimes we say nothing or we skirt the issue or just plain lie about the circumstances of the death. If you've experienced this type of loss, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you've not experienced it, hopefully after today's show, you'll have a deeper understanding of what it's like to experience such a loss. And after today's show, if you have experienced suicide in your family or amongst friends, you will have a deeper insight into some meaning and how to walk that path towards uh, creating a new life without that person. My guest today lost her brother to suicide. She's written a book about his death, um, her experience in navigating the loss, and what she's found in it. And when we come back from this short break, we are going to dive right into talking with her. I'm Kathy Cooper. You're listening to Lost and Found on 1150kknw.com. When there is a decline in mental or physical health, what do we do when we must find the best options for our loved ones for their aging in place needs? Who can we turn to when the death of someone close to us leaves us with complex decisions about their property? Real Estate 55 Plus provides expert help with living option details and a wide range of resources, including specialized estate and probate sales of properties that most real estate agents are not experienced in handling. Real Estate 55 Plus are here to help you, freeing you up for the most important thing between you and those close to you, your love. Contact Real Estate 55 Plus today at 1-800-964-1553. That's 1-800-964-1553. 
We all value our independence. This is why we want the best care and living situation for our loved ones. Talk to Kelly of Care Partners Living. Discover their unmitigated specialized memory care, Medicaid spend downs that no one else offers, and the best affordable housing that works with you to care for your loved one, preserving their dignity and fullest possible independence. Care Partners Living, valuing independence and care for all. Contact Kelly today at 425-931-2951 or visit carepartnersliving.com. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Loss and Found, where every loss matters and through every loss, something can be found. Today, I have with me Donaline Saul. She is a Victoria-based writer and editor, creativity coach, and workshop facilitator. She's the author of Let's Live, a Suicide Prevention and Awareness Program for BC Schools and of Death and Dying, The Human Journey. Donaline has written several publications in the social services and human development fields. She offers workshops and private sessions using journal writing for healing and transforming loss by suicide, and for a number of other applications. Today, she is with us because she wrote a book called Did You Know I Would Miss You? It's the transformational journey of the suicide survivor. Donaline, thanks for for being here today. Um, I really have enjoyed your book, and I'm really glad that you're here to to talk a lot about it. I think folks are going to be really moved and really be able to, to learn a lot about what what it is like for them and um, for suicide survivors. Oh, thanks a lot, Kathy. It's an honor to be here with you, and uh, I feel grateful to be able to share this. So let's kind of start. Um, let's give the, the audience a, a little bit of background. Your brother um, did complete suicide. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, about him, your relationship, and how the book came to be. Okay. Um, well, he, he was 54 years old uh, when he took his life, and that was in uh, May 16, 2004. Uh, he was my younger brother. I'm two and a half years older than him. And uh, he was uh, a complicated man in, in some ways. He was, like, extremely, like, um, a very handy guy, and he could sort of make anything, repair anything. Uh, he was uh, he at the time was working had been working as an independent logger, which meant hours alone in the bush, you know, with his two mm-hmm. dogs for company. Um, he also was uh, quite a literary guy. He he was born the same day as Bob Dylan, which uh, uh, oh, Bob Dylan was a few years ahead of him, but uh, on May twenty fourth, and I think that pleased him. He used to listen to Bob Dylan incessantly as a teenager. Um, what else? He uh, he had the soul of a poet, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he crafted be- or he carved beautiful um, carvings of crows and other birds. Uh, he was a sensitive fellow, although he worked in kind of uh, blue collar sorts of occupations. He didn't have a blue collar kind of uh, sensibility mm-hmm. and didn't really fit in. So. It was, um, in some ways, kind of difficult for him to place himself. He often felt like he had been born in the wrong century. Would have been better in the, you know, the nineteenth century, so to speak. Okay. He was single. Yeah, 
anyway, that gives a bit of a of a uh-huh. little snapshot. A yeah, yeah. And then, what what caused you to to write this book? Well, I actually decided to do it almost well very soon after his death, and part of that was uh, I did go and get some counseling to you know to help me sort of deal with some of the feelings that it they were arising and uh, they were helpful but I didn't see any books in my counselor's bookshelf about the soul journey of a suicide uh, well either someone who dies by suicide and then someone who's been bereaved by suicide and that's what I wanted to explore in my book and so I got going on it uh, pretty early on but I didn't finish the book for a few years because I needed to heal Mm-hmm. myself and in fact needed to continue healing after writing the book although writing it was definitely helpful in clarifying some of the things that were happening for me but you take the time you take to heal from any kind of loss and certainly from loss by suicide I love how you said that your soul journey yeah and I that you, you do that you mentioned that in in the book and I guess I'll just even um gonna start with that when when you say that, what what is it that you mean by that phrase for yourself and maybe for others to resonate with? Well, um, one of the things, you, you know, you raised a bunch of questions in your intro and you were talking about, you know, does, does God show mercy toward those who uh, died by suicide? And I, I guess my answer to that would be yes. You know, um, it's a, there's a mystery you know, people can have all kinds of assumptions about those who take their lives, but at the end of the day, it's a mystery maybe even to the person themselves, never mind those of us left yeah. behind as to why they did it, mm-hmm. uh, what that might mean at a soul level. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, it's a deep, uh, certainly the, the journey of uh, recovery on the part of the of the people left behind is a deep journey. You know, you face your own mortality. Uh, you you ask questions about, you know, what is the meaning of my life? And you you ask questions like that, or at least I did, about my brother's life, too. What, uh, what at a soul level does, does this mean for him? And I, I don't tend to think of it in negative terms. I mean, for my, what my spirituality is a merciful point mm-hmm. of view, and that's what I, convey in the book. I like how... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, you you will... I say this, and I I say this with every guest, and so I should have said it at the beginning. I have a tendency, because you're not in studio, um, pauses for thoughts or pauses for a breath. Sometimes I I don't recognize those as well, and so let me just jump right in. So I apologize for that. If you'd like to finish your thought, go ahead and and finish your thought. Uh, That's okay. Okay. We can get back to it. I kind of I'm fine for now. Okay. All right. So when when you were speaking about that, I, I um one of the one of the quotes by a, a psychologist, um, Dr. Martin B. Miller, whose wife wrote a book about her sister's suicide, he says that suicide tears the survivors to shreds like no other kind of dying. And the kinda that's kinda what I was when you were talking about the soul journey, it, it kinda yeah. that's what I was, was thinking of. And why do you think that is? I think it hits at something very fundamental to humans, which, you know, our, our life, when you take your life, that is 
that's such a, I mean, it's a harsh thing. It's a, a deep thing. And um, I, yeah, I mean, I was taken, I was quite honestly taken aback by how powerfully I was affected by the loss of my brother. I, and because I thought I would, wouldn't have a too tough a time with it because I, I had immediate compassion for him. I, I've experienced some of those feelings myself, mm-hmm. so I didn't have any judgment uh, about it. But I think there's just something visceral, I think particularly when it's a family member and somebody to whom you're related by blood. But I could be wrong. It could happen no matter whether that's the case or not. But I definitely felt that um, for me. I mean, he was the, you know, my first friend in a way. He wasn't that much younger than me. We'd grown mm-hmm. up together as children, you know, and um, I don't think you realize until experiencing this depth of loss how meaningful that is. Yeah. You know, how, how the beauty of that, even though whether it was good or bad, mm-hmm. something about that kind of companionship that, um, yeah, yeah, when it's lost, at least temporarily lost uh, after the person dies, mm-hmm. you know. And when I read that, I immediately was thinking, you know, all of the, the questions that folks are left with and all of the um, the upheaval and dissettlement that, that folks are left with, whereas other types of death that, you know, maybe more are more natural or somebody's ill or, you know, and maybe just because of the way society looks at that, we look at that as like nat- normal deaths, I think would be yeah. a, a term. And then with because yeah. suicide, we don't consider normal, you know, I think just the way society is and how we have to maybe grapple with so much that we don't with other types of loss. Um, but then there are always layers to it. Um, I like yeah. I like how you, you have this mantra. Um, it says, let's see, my mantra for those of us um, walking this path, consciously allowing ourselves to actively mourn our loss makes it possible to embrace a deeper relationship with life and with the one who has died. Now, when I read that, I immediately knew this book is for me. There were other things before that, but I mean, that's just that you're, you know, and you're, you're forward. And when I read that, it's like, yes, this book is for me. This book is um, some, a book that I want, you know, my audience to be aware of because I focus so much on that. I think that is, is so true that grief and loss in general, you know, can, it really does bring a, a deeper relationship with life and, um, and I know you you focus on that a lot in in the book. Um, yeah. Do you want to maybe speak to that a little bit and how your book encompasses that? Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I kind of like in the book I sort of take the reader through the different phases. I mean, they don't happen linearly, but you know, it's about you know the uh, different, I guess stations of the journey, you know, the, facing the, the, which we'll talk about a bit later, like the guilt and the shame and the stigma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think about, about more immediately is the, just the immediate impact of the loss when you first hear about it. And when it first comes, you know, when you become aware of it, um, I've kind of lost my train of thought here a bit. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Sorry no, that. yeah, it, it is, um, it is something of a way to, I mean, what I, what I see in this book is a guide 
to really yeah. help folks get in touch with that soul part of their journey with loss. And it's it's eloquently written. Um, it's beautifully written. It is clearly written. And I love how you and and I'll be kind of talking about different um, headings that you have and asking you some questions about it, because for the reader, you can pick it up and you've got different headings. You've got different journal questions. You know, really, really, Donnelly, when I was reading this, you know, especially some of the, the, the journal questions and stuff, I really was like this. This is a book that as suicide Definitely, this would be helpful to me. And then I also think in general, there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot in here that that folks in general can can utilize to help with their own loss. And I I think that's what's so powerful to me is you're going to encourage people that have had a specific type of loss that is so difficult in our society um, to be supportive of and to acknowledge Yet others can pick it up, you know, maybe when they're wanting to know how to support someone. But this is also a book that can help them walk through other types of losses. So it's it's yeah. a, mm-hmm. it's a, I mean, you get you can get a lot of use out of it. Definitely. Um, one of the things I was I was struck by is when in your introduction, when you were giving an example of a, a girl named Ellen, who six at 16, her mom um, uh, killed herself, and then at 66, she's saying that until she was 45, she blamed herself and all of yeah. those years, and how that just struck me of how powerful suicide is. And yeah. what what do you what do you think that's about um, that that blame and that guilt and that shame that that folks have? Well, I think um, I think it's part of the human uh, experience anyway to contend with guilt and shame, you know, our upbringing kind of, for for many of us, kind of emphasizes those or can instill those kinds of feelings, you know, shame on you, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, that yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, and like I define shame as, like guilt is when you feel, you know, responsible for your behavior inappropriately, responsible for, you know, certain actions, whereas shame, it's about not you know, valuing yourself. I mean, you know, there's something innately wrong with you. And I I think, yeah, I think, well, suicide is an obvious expression of, of that. And um, and when you're, I think, left behind, I think, yeah, you can yeah, definitely struggle with those feelings. Kind of uh, like, yeah, like, did, what did we miss? You know, did I miss something? Yeah. Why didn't I know? And, and I think those... I don't know what do you you know you you're more of an expert than I am but you know we I think we kind of have those maybe just yeah. in general but then the way society views suicide it yeah. seems to me that doesn't help us deal with those and not blame ourselves I feel like it you know judgments and things come on that make us yeah. really say yeah I should have known why didn't I see that yeah, I mean, that, that's where the, you know, mercy comes in. I think, you know, there's mercy that you need, you know, I feel, I felt compelled to extend toward my brother. But boy, you really need to, you know, really extend it toward yourself, too, and your loved one, you know, loved ones around you. Because, I mean, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, speaking about my relationship with my brother, we didn't talk about that yet, but it wasn't particularly close at the time of his death. He was living... Uh, in the interior of BC, I was in the, in the Vancouver area at the time. We most I'd mostly lived in cities throughout our adult life. He mostly lived in rural mm-hmm. areas, 
we, uh, when I left home, uh, our family was living in Alberta. When he left home, they were living in Saskatchewan. My father was in the Mounted Police, so there was a lot of moving around. Um, so we, we didn't even really get to say goodbye to each other when, you know, it was sort of, yeah, we, things just sort of, because we had to move around a lot as kids, that was just something you just fucked it up and, and dealt with, mm-hmm. right? But, of course, that's a series of losses. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, 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 it our relationship as adults. We I, we cared about each other, and I, I, I have felt, and that's something we'll talk about later, a deepening of my relationship with him through the writing of the book and and, and facing the feelings and so on. Um, but, it, you know, it was not like we were buddy-buddy mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And so, of course, that was that gave rise to some guilt. Well, why hadn't I visited him? Why hadn't I done things? But, and, of course, those kinds of questions just take you, you know, down the rabbit hole, right? Yes, and, yes. You know, you need, that's where the mercy comes in. You, you know, there's no way I could... You know, be, I wasn't a perfect sister, and and I'm, I you know, I I'm all right with that. But it took a while to uh, reach that that place where I could just feel compassion for both of us, for our our, our flawed humanity. Mm-hmm. Is it? I was trying to to look real real quickly um, because you've got so many good journal questions, um, and one of I'm wondering. Well, yeah, um, I like how after each chapter, when you're discussing different things, you have, you know, the questions for folks to to be able to write about. And, you know, I, I OK, let's just do this real quick. Um, sure. Your disclaimer is basically, you know, if you're starting to journal and it's starting to take you down that rabbit hole, you know, maybe you need to get some professional support to walk this walk. Is Is that correct? That that is part of it, and also uh, uh, the other thing is is to not if you're going to do any journaling about it to not do it for too long, like no longer than twenty minutes, and even less is better, because uh, we're you know especially for people that do a lot of journaling and will go on and on stream of consciousness and you know and feel you know what I mean mm-hmm. for extended periods of time that can kind of replicate. Uh, the oceanic sort of formlessness of grief, and it can actually make you feel worse. So you definitely want to limit it, like have a specific kind of question and and set a timer and really, you know, not have it go on for too long. Then it can be really helpful, but if it's extended, it can it can t- make things worse, as I say. It can take you out, so... That's a and good of course, point. Yes, getting getting uh, professional uh, counseling is is also great if you can manage it. If it, you know that can be expensive, so you may want to seek, you know, somebody from your faith group. Or uh, there's often survivor um, support groups, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. and even on, resources online too that can can be helpful. You know, yeah. so. But it, it certainly is something that there's no shame in seeking help for any kind of loss, and, and definitely loss by suicide. Yes. Yeah, my um, acupuncturist likes to tell me um, in Chinese medicine, everything is about sips. And so in, in um, your chi and all that, it's about sips. And she's always saying we need to take sips of grief, not not long yeah. drinks, but sips. And I, yeah. I, I love that. And I think 
with the, the journaling, you know, coming up, looking at one or two questions and just really what's resonating with you and being able to yeah. to write down um, answers to that and move through that is is really a, a beneficial part. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So one of the another um, another thing that I really liked about the book is. Um, where is my hold on a minute? I lost my page. Page six. Um, you know, talking about scribing your story, and this really struck me as to um, why it's important um, to to talk about the loved one and to talk about them as a whole person. You have a, a quote in here that by Elisa uh, Ann Dodsley. She lost her brother to suicide when she was 11, and this this is very powerful to me. The purpose to me telling Don's story is to show people that there is more to Don than being the guy who shot himself, the boy who killed himself, etc. All of us had lost a loved one to suicide, know exactly who that person really was, but somehow they get diminished. It's like the suicide is more important than the person or human being. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that is so true. I mean, that that is the biggest gift you can give to the person who's uh, who's died or who's who's taken their life is to honor who they were beyond that. Yes, outside of not of to killing, disregard yes. that 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 choice that they made, but to really, but to honor the whole, the totality of their life. Uh, I when I did my book launch, the fellow that was the MC had lost his sister to suicide like years ago, 20 years ago, and uh, one of the things he gained from the book was that very thing: is to re- you know, healing is it's it's really healing to recognize their their life beyond just the the that act, final act. Yes, the fine, yes, and isn't that that is just so often how we. We remember people. It, we all, you know, and, and I know it's natural. And I always used to tell folks, it's like, you know, it's the whole relationship. It's just not those last few moments. It's not that last act. It's not the way that the person has died. It's the whole relationship that that yeah. is important. And um, if we as society could could draw up on that, I think I just find that really powerful. And I'm hoping folks, yeah. and you know, it, people listening out there, it, you know, hearing that, I hope that that is something that comforts you and is just a, a taste of other types of of words that you'll get in this book to to give you some some comfort and to to say yeah I need to talk about my loved one and and we all know that when someone dies especially but e- any loss we want to yeah. we need to tell our story we need to talk about it and when someone you know kills themselves I would think we need to talk about their life and not only how they died oh yeah Absolutely. Uh, yeah. They're not able to speak for themselves anymore. So it's something that we can give to them. And, and I think that's in itself is healing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, hel- it helps the heart. And uh, yeah, it's more truthful. I mean, you know, there's a bigger truth than just that one act. I mean, yes, there uh, are people, right? They, they, there were, there was people. more to them than, than that. Yeah. You you talk about how grief is like walking a labyrinth. Talk yeah. a little more about that. That that's that's a great image for me. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you 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 uh, you experience it doesn't happen. It doesn't occur in stages. I mean, there's there's uh, 
I mean, I can't remember what those stages are that we're often told are happening in grief, but there's, you know, initial denial and then... Yeah, and your and anger and, yes. Kind of thing. Yeah, and, yep. You know, and then, then you're done, you know? <laughs> yes. I mean, often, I mean, I felt a level of acceptance initially. You know, I, I was in shock, but I still felt, okay, yeah, I can understand, you know. I, I had a, a, a acceptance going on there, but... And then, you know, maybe... A couple of years later, I felt really mad at him for having taken his life, you know. And then, and then, a, and then another, at another point, I'd be finding meaning in that loss or bringing meaning to the loss. Um, and it's just, uh, it's like I said, yeah, I guess a spiral of labyrinth. It, it, it doesn't. It you have to sort of take the, take the journey as it presents itself, and mm-hmm. be open to what's there rather than expecting it to follow a certain pattern because it doesn't, you know? Yeah. and Although there's mercy, I think there's mercy in it in the sense that if you, if you do are open to the feelings that come along, not like taking sips, like your acupuncturist says, um, then I think, you know, over time, then you are able feel a greater and greater feeling of acceptance and a yeah. greater love too. That that comes later. Yeah. I'm or not, actually sort of, that's not true. It comes it happens at the it, time, but it, it just it, it's interrupted by all kinds of feelings. Yes. And so yes. And it definitely it goes on and comes sooner, comes later, just comes, definitely. Yeah. You're listening to, to Lost and Found. I'm talking with Donnaline Saul, who wrote, Did You Know I Would Miss You, The Transformational Journey of the Suicide Survivor? We need to take a short break, and when we come back, we will continue our discussion. Be right back. When there is a decline in mental or physical health, what do we do when we must find the best options for our loved ones for their aging in place needs? Who can we turn to when the death of someone close to us leaves us with complex decisions about their property. Real Estate 55 Plus provides expert help with living option details and a wide range of resources, including specialized estate and probate sales of properties that most real estate agents are not experienced in handling. Real Estate 55 Plus are here to help you, freeing you up for the most important thing between you and those close to you, your love. Contact Real Estate 55 Plus today at one 800 964-1553. That's 1-800-964-1553. What's your story? Have you ever sat with that question and looked to your heart for the answer? It's time to explore the real you. Tune in Thursdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. for the brand new show, Story You, with Coach Debbie. Debbie and her guests have a mission to inspire and coach you to find your voice. If you need direction, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. If you want to be an author, Story You with Coach Debbie is for you. Tune in Thursdays at 4 p.m. and be inspired. We all value our independence. This is why we want the best care and living situation for our loved ones. Talk to Kelly of Care Partners Living. Discover their unmitigated specialized memory care, Medicaid spend downs that no one else offers, and the best affordable housing that works with you to care for your loved one, preserving their dignity and fullest possible independence. Care Partners Living, valuing independence and care for all. Contact Kelly today at 425-931-2951 or visit carepartnersliving.com. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. 
And we are back. I'm Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found. I'm having a discussion with Donalene Saul, who uh, his brother uh, killed himself, and she wrote a book, Did You Know I Would Miss You? The Transformational Journey of the Suicide Survivor. And we just been talking a little bit about how this book is written for folks that, um, you know, obviously if you have a family member or a friend and you have experienced suicide, obviously this book is, is going to be really helpful to you. But it's, it's so insightful for folks to, to pick up um, with your own loss. The journal questions are, are just amazing. And, um, and as Donnaline was saying earlier, you know, just pick one or two, just uh, journal for just a, a bit. And so much insight can come from journaling. And I, I, I want to um, just talk real quick. You mentioned about the, um, the different type of, of grievers, and I'm glad you mentioned that because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times we only think of intuitive grievers, right? The folks that are able to express their feelings and, you know, and are able to, to know what they're feeling, and they're going to be the journalers. But there's also yeah. other types, and one of those is the instrumental folks. Um, yeah. Um, go ahead, and you, you, can, you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, that it's really important because uh, especially when you you know look around your family and you know the people like me and probably you, Kathy, that are inclined to speak about our feelings and write about them, and then you know maybe you're, we've got a a parent or sister or whatever who isn't like that at all. Um, and I you know I learned through my own journey that often there there are people who would prefer to take action in some way. Um, that's their way of dealing with with their feelings. They don't want to talk about them, but maybe they want to take, uh, you know, like say they lost a brother who had left kids behind, take their kids on a camping trip, yeah, or help that, um, you know, help maybe finish a deck on the brother's house, or um, yeah, you know, or, or do research into suicide and learn all about it and get you know really get a, a, a handle on it from a. a Factual sort of statistical point of view, you know, mm-hmm. um, get involved in suicide prevention, you know, have a honorary, you know, maybe a golf tournament in honor of the person who died, that kind of thing. They're maybe more inclined to, not to say that those of us who are intuitive don't do some of those things, but there are those that would rather not talk about it, would find that really uncomfortable and rather keep their feelings Mm-hmm. private and take action that's how they they heal that's how they show their love yes and uh, and oftentimes we will judge those folks by saying they're denying the loss you know yeah. um, they're not crying so they must not be feeling it and you know they just need to the, to have their cry they need to um feel this and it is very true they they do feel it and i and i was even thinking you know as i was looking at, at different journal questions i'm like you know an, an instrumental griever could still, could still um, get something from this as well, you know, because yeah. um, there there is. But I, I I like that you do differentiate that because it it's really important to normalize that. And so if somebody is is picking up this book, you know, being able to understand, hey, boy, sometimes it's easy for me, sometimes it's not. No, that makes sense as to why I'm the one, you know, cooking all the meals and making sure the neighbor has everything that they need. You know, that's their way to right. be supportive and to grieve a, a loss. So I, I just, I, yeah. as an aside, I just like that you put that in there to, to normalize folks, um, how yeah. they are, that there is no right or wrong to be. But I do think as uh, if you're an instrumental griever, 
you definitely can pick up this book. And if nothing else, um, possibly learn about your own feelings through what you're reading. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, or learn about how, you know, maybe a sibling is approaching it differently than you. Yes. Uh, But it's really important, I discovered that in my own experience, to have a lot of space for however, you know, some of the family members didn't want to talk about it at all, and that yes, that even that has to be okay as well. Yes. everybody's got their time timing with stuff, and exactly. I, I was surprised that one, you know, really quite sophisticated woman that I'd known for quite a long time had lost two brothers to suicide in childhood, and she she had no interest in reading my book, and didn't want to talk about it, and uh, and uh, you know, it didn't have any impact on her friendship. It was just simply what was true for her and what mm-hmm. was right for her. And that, you know, I mean, I have a certain way of approaching it and I know, and a lot of people resonate, but not everybody necessarily is, is uh, on that wavelength. I exactly. Think. Yes. I, yeah. So when I, let's move to um, what you were able to find through this and you were talking about deepening your relationship with him. Um, yeah. We've got about probably ten minutes left or so, and I wanna I, I wanna really have folks kind of see and hear, I guess, what your process was, how what that deepening yeah. meant, and then there's um, a, a specific journal questions that I, I just kind of want to mention for folks that I think are just outstanding in helping them find meaning. But let's let's talk about you first. <laughs> sure. Well, um, I would say the biggest gift that I received from of facing and walking, you know, in, in some ways walking with these and walking my own path is the is a, I guess, a deep appreciation of who he was and is as a being, and and of, of the, what we shared during the this lifetime, but also a sense that the relationship doesn't end uh, in death. Oh. That there, that if you if you wish, I mean, th- this was something when we had uh, a memorial service for him. We, the, the one of the ministers said, "Death ends a life, but not a relationship." And I, I really, that was that sort of became a mantra too, uh, to to consider that my relationship with him could not only continue after death by just having him in my heart and loving him as my brother, but could can, could evolve uh, after death. I mean, if you if can accept that there's that the soul is on a continuing journey, which is something I happen to believe. Mm-hmm. So I feel, um, yeah, I felt, uh, I feel very close to my brother now, in a way more so than in life, because there's no longer the, the barriers of the personality and the history and the upbringing and, you know, all those kinds of things, circumstances, whatever. There's just one soul to another. That um, is a, one of the, the gifts of that experience because it not only that kind of approach sort of extends to other relationships and it, it, it expands, if, if you're willing, it expands your way of seeing reality beyond simply the, the tangible, you know, it, it brings you into the imaginary realms, which I think is just as valuable 
mm-hmm. as the rational. I mean, the rational is really, you know, given preference in our culture. Um, and that's yes. fine, but it's not the only way. That You know, I think when you're dealing with this kind of loss, you are invited and in some ways compelled to go beyond that way of seeing things. Yeah, okay. So is that making, that, that no, that, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. You know, if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, just the fact of you and, and you do mention it in the book is how you, your spirituality took a deeper level. You, you actually say something to the effect of, you know, um, it speaks to the transformational journey you and Steve made before incarnating. Um, yeah. And kind of, it sounds like you feel more connected to him now and have maybe a stronger relationship with him now. Yeah, uh, I do, and I didn't expect that. Uh, it was just something that sort of was one of the, I guess, blessings of writing the book. And uh, also one of the things I did, uh, which I found helpful and it could be a useful, I wrote letters to him every day for quite a while, Mm, after he mm-hmm, died. Mm-hmm. I mean, just talking, you know, whatever. It wasn't, you know, anything in particular. But um, I, I think that also kind of, you know, you have to create that relationship. It's not as if it necessarily, it's, it's not like he's, you know, made appearances, yes. at, you know, sitting at the end of my bed at night or something. It's it's more, it is in the imaginal realm. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is, it, it's very real to me. And, uh I derive a lot of comfort from it. And I, I think I, in, I, in my, yeah. you know, from observing what is found is this, this book, this book of, of wisdom and experience and something that is going to, you know, is touching lives that never would have happened had he not made that choice, you know? And I think yeah. that that's a powerful, that's a powerful testimony to, to you is, taking something and making meaning of it in in this way um yeah i i like how when in the chapter of basically um bringing meaning to our loss you you have um several chapters of that and and you know for your journal a question is take this opportunity to reflect on how you can bring meaning to the suicide of your loved one you know i can't possibly find meaning in so and so suicide because or i don't want to find meaning or the suicide of this person has inspired me to create. I mean, you, you're giving some questions, but you're, you're, what I like in that is you're acknowledging the reality of maybe I'm not ready to be yeah, there yet. Exactly. And then if I am yeah. ready, you're helping me think about in ways that I am ready and what yeah. can I find. And that, that is, is really powerful. Um, like describe or imagine the transformation that has taken place for you and your loved one using any or all of the following as a guide transforming feels impossible because or i would describe my transformation that that is just so helpful to folks yeah because wherever they are in their journey this speaks to them yeah there there's absolute value no matter where you're at you don't want to you know you can't possibly think of it it's good to acknowledge it and to give that voice and and space you know otherwise it's yeah, to have that kind of ex- some kind of expectation of a sublime state when you're you're not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, really unkind to yourself. Do you still, um, on the anniversary of his death, do you do anything? 
Yeah, I do. I um, it isn't necessarily anything huge, but uh, I mean, I might just go and go. I mean, just go for a walk to the uh, you know down to the beach or something like that, or to the woods. Usually, it's the beach. Uh, somewhere where there's sort of a, a sense of expansiveness, you know, and there's uh-huh. ocean somehow that feels right. And uh, and and I'll just quietly sort of make a vow to live well for both of us. Uh, I I uh, try. He his birthday his birthday and death day were fairly close together. He was born on May twenty fourth, so I I try to. You know, on the on the mm-hmm. on his birthday, usually when I do it, um, and just make that vow. I, I mean, I do feel very close to him in the anyway. Even now, you know, as we're talking, I, I can feel mm-hmm. connected to my brother, and I think we were both were you know kind of creative people, sensitive people, and a, a lot of those kinds of parts of ourselves we weren't able to share so much in life, you know, because we didn't live close to each other and just wherever we were in different challenges at that time. But, um, you know, we had had that sort of longing to, to create and to express as something we both shared. So I think that, and I, I think that I bring that into the book. I mean, I feel yeah. that that was just there for me, you know, and, uh, hmm. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that you know as I hear you talking as I I read the book. This this death has really obviously changed the trajectory of your life, but also of your relationship with your brother. And I think that yeah. is what is another part of what is inspiring of your book. Yeah, is helping folks helping folks achieve that. I think it it you know by. By reading this and looking at at the questions and just spending some time in it, I really feel yeah. that that's something that can can come can come. Donnelly, I, th- I thank you so much for for Hi. being here. Um, again, Donnelly Saul, she um, wrote the book. Did you know I would miss you? The transformational journey of the suicide survivor. If somebody wanted to get your book or contact you or What's what's the what do they have out there? What what do you have for them to to get in touch with you? Well, I have a website for the book itself, and it's did you know I would miss you dot com. So that's easy. It's kind of long, but it's uh, easy to remember. Yes, uh, it's avail- the book is available on Amazon, uh, Amazon dot com, and and for, the, for Americans and dot ca for Canadians. Uh, I also have a website. Uh, I think it's connected through my um, the book one for my book there's one for me personally donalinesall.com but I, I mean the most important thing is the one for the book and, yeah did uh, you know I would miss you yeah so, yes. and there's a there are some certain uh, blog posts and, and things like that on there that kind of are extends uh, from the book itself and uh, that, that you know bring it into present time that would be I think probably helpful, mm-hmm. but it's a real. I have to say, I'm really uh, grateful to be able to have the opportunity to speak about this because, as you have noted, it's not, uh, you know, it's a part of everyday conversation in our culture yet to speak about our losses, no. especially losses, suicide, but yes. even other kinds, as you say, and it's so fundamental. It's, I mean, 
It is. It is such a part of life, and it's a part that that we just struggle with. And and yeah. I think yeah, and I think there's many many reasons for that. Um, but especially when it comes to suicide, it, it's that's one that we just don't know what to do with. And yeah. so I appreciate you coming on and helping us know a little bit more what to do with it. And for folks that have experienced it, I, I, I hope that you all have, you know, gotten some encouragement out of this and that you're going to pick up this book. Um, I really, I really do like it. And I can't say enough about that. And especially, like I said, the journal questions, it, I, I love books that are informative, but then also help you explore yourself. And you're, you're hitting both of those. So thank you, Donnaline, for, for being thank here. You. I really appreciate well, it. Thank you. All right. People, you're welcome. People, be gentle with yourself, all right? And be gentle with others. And uh, remember what Lao Chu said, new beginnings are often disguised as painful endings. I am Kathy Cooper. This is Lost and Found. We will see you next week. When there is a decline in mental or physical health, What do we do when we must find the best options for our loved ones for their aging in place needs? Who can we turn to when the death of someone close to us leaves us with complex decisions about their property? Real Estate 55 Plus provides expert help with living option details and a wide range of resources, including specialized estate and probate sales of properties that most real estate agents are not experienced in handling. Real Estate 55 Plus are here to help you freeing you up for the most important thing between you and those close to you, your love. Contact Real Estate 55 Plus today at 1-800-964-1553. That's 1-800-964-1553. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. We all value our independence. This is why we want the best care and living situation for our loved ones. Talk to Kelly of Care Partners Living. Discover their unmitigated specialized memory care, Medicaid spend downs that no one else offers, and the best affordable housing that works with you to care for your loved one, preserving their dignity and fullest possible independence. Care Partners Living, valuing independence and care for all. Contact Kelly today at 425-931-2951 or visit carepartnersliving.com.